Uh, Good morning, everybody. Happy to have you along with us. Uh, This week is Bullying Prevention and Awareness Week in Ontario. Being bullied can have a major impact on someone, whether you're young and old, uh, especially, though, when you're young at school. I remember hearing stories from people who, long after they graduated from school, just could not return for a class reunion just because of some of those memories. According to the Centre for Addiction and Mental Health, 23% of students in Ontario reported being bullied at school. 22% of Ontario students reported being bullied over the internet as well. So let's talk about bullying prevention and awareness. Dennis Wright is the Superintendent of Student Achievement and Safe Schools and Well-Being at the Thames Valley District School Board. Uh, Dennis, appreciate the time today. How are you, Devin? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yourself? Great, thank you. So when you look at bullying in this day and age, I mean, it's always been uh, important. It's always, it's never been a simple issue, but it seems more complex uh, these days than previous, you know, generations and years. Well, it's more complex by virtue of the fact that we um, have a lot of online bullying and a lot of online issues which are unseen and that uh, allows students to have access to each other in some cases, 24 hours a day, right? So as a school system, we often are dealing with issues that are happening both inside of the school and outside of the school. So what's the focus uh, for the school board on a week like this uh, with uh, uh, Bullying Prevention and Awareness Week? Well, Devin, this week's an opportunity for Thames Valley students, school staff and families to learn more about bullying, learn more about its effects on student learning, and how we can all work together to stop it. We know that fostering safe and positive environments um, at home and in school is everyone's responsibility, and it's an opportunity for us to to get focused on that, have open, honest conversations about bullying, and to um, ensure that our administration at school have the tools that they need in terms of training, et cetera, to, to deal with it. Does the school board keep stats? Can you keep stats to monitor this to best know how to respond and, and you know, kind of uh, evolve, uh, you know, programs you have in place? Absolutely. We, uh, every two years, we, we issue a school climate survey to parents and students. And as part of that school climate survey, what we do is we measure, you know, sort of hotspots for behavior uh, concerns that parents and students may have, and we can sort of look school for school by school at statistics. And what we do with that data, Devin, is we uh, we develop safe and inclusive schools plans, which are part of the uh, anti-bullying initiatives. Every single school has one of these on their school websites, and it's tailored to uh, the unique issues and needs at that school to target um, in- inclusivity, um, relationships, connection. Um, and all of these we know are important in our uh, efforts to combat bullying within schools. What are those stats telling you right now about what's sort of like a, the pressing need, like a big focus? Um, no, not surprisingly, what we see post-pandemic is that um, peer-to-peer relationships have been strained. Uh, our students generally are saying to us that they feel connected and supported to adults, but that Uh, Peer-to-peer relationships uh, have been strained post-pandemic as kids were away from school, not in sports, not having the same types of um, interactions as they would have typically. So uh, how do you how do you respond to that? How do you uh, try to improve some of those relationships? 
We, uh, we have a method that we developed called uh, Essential Conditions for Learning, which promotes relationships, safety, connection, and regulation. It supports student learning. Uh, when, when students feel safe and connected to their peers um, and their school community and teachers, they're better able to stay regulated and interact with each other in healthy ways and learn. So we created a video uh, about the essential conditions that helps families learn about the strategy and how um, the approach is used across Thames Valley. Along with this video, additional resources were shared with families and staff, but we started our school year uh, the last two years with every single classroom prioritizing essential conditions, building relationships um, into every aspect of the classroom to try to increase the frequency of those positive interactions between peers. Have you noticed a difference, you know, post-pandemic with kids back in the class than maybe not, not worse or better, but just different just because of that aspect, uh, you know, the online and the, the, the relationship aspect? Yes, uh, for sure. I think everybody's noticed uh, an increase in sort of pressure and stress uh, post-pandemic, and um, it, it's occurred in all areas. I mean, you, you look at statistics across the province, increases in homelessness, food insecurity, um, et cetera, police incidents have all increased. And uh, the school system is a, is a reflection of the broader community. What we're able to do, though, is spend seven hours a day or plus with students. And now that we have, you know, returned to, to sports uh, clubs, et cetera, that have all been very positive and model interactions, we've seen uh, that we're able to impact this in a, in a positive way as well. Is there an age group, particularly, that it is experiences? This is something that could be across all age groups, but is there one in particular that is particularly uh, feeling it in terms of the pressure, uh, the bullying at this, t- at this time? Well, statistically, what we know is that um, the transition from grade uh, 8 to grade 9, uh, that sort of grade 7 to, to, to 10 age group, um, have always traditionally uh, been uh, where we see a peak, uh, and bullying, and that's because we have kids recreating social groupings as they make a huge transition off to secondary school into larger environments. So we've paid particular attention uh, to that age group and, and uh, really supported relationships through that transition. We talk individually about every single child, superintendents and principals know their names, know their challenges, and we have those conversations with secondary schools so we can support that transition in a, a meaningful way. There's, uh, you know, a lot of people impacted. You know, there's the student who's bullied, there's the bully themselves, and there's those who witness it as well who we can't forget. What sort of supports are there for those who fall into those groups? Well, it's, it, that's an excellent question, Devin, and it's, it's very important that we focus on all of those groups. Uh, in, in our experience, the ability to really um, look at all behavior as an expression of need um, that is unmet. So when we have a child who actually who actually bullies, uh, we know that sometimes discipline is ne- necessary, but um, those unmet needs need to be addressed. Uh, we need to put supports in place for the individual needs. We need to have long-term solutions. We need to have safety plans. We need to use things like restorative practices to put kids into rooms together so they can understand their impact on one another and build an empathy long-term, and that does include uh, bystanders, as you mentioned, um, and including victims of bullying as well. Uh, in other words, you know, everybody who participates needs to understand their roles. Uh, sometimes discipline is necessary, but certainly for all parties involved, support is absolutely a requirement. It's an important week, and I certainly appreciate you uh, joining us to talk about it. Thank you very much.
Thank you, David. I appreciate your time. That's a Dennis Wright, Superintendent of Student Achievement and Safe Schools and Well-Being at the Thames Valley District School Board.